from the advertising media capital of the world, New Milford, Connecticut, wherever that is. This is Mostly Automotive Marketing with Matt Wilson, a bi-weekly-ish podcast about all things automotive marketing. Now, here's your host, Matt Wilson. Hey now, here we are, another episode of Mostly Automotive Marketing with Matt Wilson, right? Normally, when I make New Year's resolutions, which I don't do, but if I do do it, you never stick to them, right? And uh, my resolution of posting these podcasts bi-weekly-ish has been working. So I'm very excited about that. And uh, it is the only, it's not the only podcast, but it's a podcast all about automotive marketing bi-weekly-ish. It's called Mostly Automotive Marketing with Matt Wilson. The topic I wanted to cover today, well, I want to start by talking about acronyms. I love a good acronym, right? I used to work in radio, and I had a talk show about NASCAR. And so the NASCAR is one of the greatest acronyms out there, right? National Association of Stock Car Auto Racing. And then uh, I don't know if anybody's ever seen the show. It used to be on uh, ABC. I don't, maybe it's still on. I don't even know. But it's called Marvel Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And they make fun of the acronym S.H.I.E.L.D., S-H-I-E-L-D, all the time on the show because it stands for Strategic Homeland Intervention Enforcement and Logistics Division, which is a super complicated acronym. And then automotive industry, oh man, we love acronyms, right? We love acronyms. OEM, RMP, DOM, FOM, you name it. We go out of control with acronyms in the automotive industry. And then automotive marketing, forget it. I like to have a conversation in front of my wife about uh, my job, whether I'm talking to somebody on the phone or I'm just filling her in on my day. And I'm always throwing like, you know, SEM, SEO, PPC at her. And she's like, I, you know, dude, I have no idea what you're talking about. And then she tries to be, in, tries to be supportive. Like, I, I'm trying to listen and, and care about your day, but I don't know what any of those things mean. And uh, there's two new acronyms that I think sometimes dealers might hear, but they might say, what the what is that? Like, I know I need to pay attention to that. I'm hearing it a lot, but I don't know exactly what it is. And those two acronyms I'm talking about are OTT and CTV. And I brought in an expert to talk about those things for you here on Mostly Automotive Marketing with Matt Wilson. He's the managing director at Silverback Advertising, Shane Stender on the line. Hey, Shane. Hey, Matt. How you doing today? Full disclosure, I'm just going to tell everybody now, uh, Shane is my boss. Uh, we were both at Silverback Advertising, so everyone doesn't think I'm just uh, trying to come on here and have uh, you know Shane talk about his uh, his uh, Silverback's products, our products. But Shane is an expert in uh, OTT and CTV, and uh, we talk a lot about it uh, and what's going on with it in the industry. It's a big part of uh, us trying to stay ahead of things at Silverback Advertising, and uh, I think the place to start, Shane, is let's just let the people know. Perhaps the dealers that uh, have heard the term but aren't exactly sure what it is or if they should get involved. Let's explain, first of all, what OTT means and what CTV means. Yeah, and boy, you're right. We do like to throw around acronyms, and we also <laughs> like to interchange the acronyms when we mean the same thing. So yeah. um, CTV is <clears throat> excuse me, commonly referred to, um, and OTT are commonly you know interchanged with each other, but they actually mean two different things. Um, CTV stands for Connected TV, and that is very simply a television that connects to the Internet. Um, that is your smart TVs, your Apple TVs, devices like TiVo and Roku, um, gaming console stations like Xbox or PlayStation. So chances are 
that just about everybody out there has, you know, one of those devices now as the market penetration for uh, for those connected devices is very high. Um, OTT, on the, other stand, on the other hand, stands for over the top, and that really refers to video content that's being served over traditional closed television systems. So closed television systems, think of TV networks, cable TV systems. Um, these are these are users for OTT that don't need to subscribe to one of those things. Um, they are utilizing one of those connected devices to view and stream their content, and it is over the top or outside of the traditional TV system, and that is where the term OTT comes from. So a lot of times those get interchanged with each other, but uh, they do have slightly different meanings. Sometimes I'll tell somebody like, okay, if, if you're, if, if someone's watching TV and it's not through one of those, you know, black twisty cable uh, wires that comes out of your wall from the street, then it's OTT. And they'll go, oh, okay, I get it. Like it's any way you watch TV, right? That isn't through cable. That's right. That's right. If it's not coming through a box, it's probably coming through, you know, a connected device and uh, and over the top type of programming. Do you think one of the misconceptions for dealers, let's see a dealer hears that and they think, oh, that's for young people, right? Uh, older people still watch TV through cable. Is that something that you think deal? Because that's not true. We know that's not true, but we're on the more of the marketing side. Is that something that dealers do you think is true? Yeah, correct. Yeah, so statistically, we know it's not true. Um, there's a lot of data out there that shows that it is not just an 18 and under audience, that it is an audience, you know, that reaches, you know, all generations. Um, I want to say, you know, of adults 22 to 45 years old, you know, about 45, 45 to 47% of them are watching no content on traditional TV platforms. And especially in the automotive world, that 22 to 45 uh, age range um, tends to be, you know, one of the, the sweet spots that they're usually targeting. So a lot of video content, you know, is being watched, you know, via the streaming. And yeah, there is that misconception, but I think it's changing dramatically. You know, one of the one of the examples that I like to, you know, bring up with car dealers or, or you know, any business um, that has that perception is to really ask them about their own experience. You know, um, do you watch, you know, Hulu? Um, you know, have you watched, you know, anything via a Roku or, or Sling you know, or anything like that? And more often, the answer is becoming yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and these are people that are in their 50s. These are people that are in their 60s. And so I, I think it uh, it almost makes that light bulb that go, goes off and goes, oh, you know, yeah, I, I'm one of those people. So yeah. they are out there. <laughs> if I'm talking to a dealer, I will usually try and position it in terms of like, okay, do you like, I'll try and pick a show that I think uh, they might watch. Okay. Do you watch live PD? Okay. Do you watch Chip and Joanna Gaines on HGTV? Everyone loves those two. They're adorable. And they'll be like, oh yeah, I watch live PD on Saturday nights. And I'll say, okay, well I do too, but I don't have cable. Like I watch it on me personally. I watch it. I watch it on Hulu live. And you know, I have friends that will use sling or whatever, YouTube TV, whatever else is out there. Uh, and sometimes I'll say to a dealer that I'm talking to, like, listen, my in-laws just cut cable, you know, four months ago, which is true. And they're in their 60s. And sure, maybe they were a little slow to adapt, but they, you know, my father-in-law is, oh, I'm tired of paying 180 bucks a month for cable, but I want to watch, you know, live with, you know, Kelly and Seacrest, and I want to watch 
the NASCAR races and the Buffalo Bills games, but I don't want to pay $170 a month. What do I do? Asking his younger son-in-law, help me. I bought a, I have a smart TV. How do I sign up for, what do I got to sign up for? How do I do it? Um, and then once they're into it and they're adapters, then they're in. And maybe those people are slower to adapt, but they're, they're adapting. They're, they're, they're doing it. They're watching TV through a smart TV or like you said, through, even though I feel like even Roku devices and like fire sticks are becoming more obsolete because, you know, I have three TVs in my house. Two of them are smart TVs. Right. The, uh, the, and they're being built in, you know, you notice the smart TVs, you know, now come, you know, if you look at the remote controls for the smart TVs, they automatically have, you know, sling or Netflix, you know, pre-programmed, you know, on those things. So, um, they're, the new TVs are, are really making it easy for, you know, any generation to, uh, to adopt to, to the technology. And it's great that they are adopting to it because as marketers, um, that gives us a lot of extra consumer information and data points um, that we can segment and, and advertise to um, when really the only, you know, video is still a, a growing mechanism and it's, it's growing rapidly. You know, people don't go online and, and look for articles to read um, to find out, you know, how to fix their plumbing. They go look for a video online for how to fix their plumbing. You know, they go online and they look for videos uh, about, you know, vehicles and vehicle comparisons and product information, you know, much more than they're going online to read, you know, long, lengthy articles about stuff. So video content, uh, whether that be, you know, network, you know, content that's time shifted or original production content um, or viewer generate user generated content. I mean, it is all increasing, but it's increasing via these connected TV devices and over-the-top, you know, television. It's not increasing, you know, on the traditional TVs and the cable platforms that are out there that, you know, are losing subscribers, you know, by the thousands. Um, and now, you know, we see on the media world a lot of markets where, for example, cable penetration is getting below 50% of the market. Wow. Um, so right off the top you know, even with, you know, those traditional mechanisms, you're, you're starting to reach, you know, less and less people as more and more of them adopt to these so-called cord cutter strategies. So as a dealer, you know, listening might think to themselves, <clears throat> excuse me, okay, I've been listening, I'm spending, you know, I'll make up a number. I've been spending 10 grand a month on, uh, you know, cable vision. So I can make sure that I'm in front of the, uh, you know, the, the on TV, in my market, on the local news and on you know, the television shows, you know, everything that are being carried and, you know, that audience is shrinking. Okay. So I need to find those people, uh, to get in front of them with my TV spot. I'm going to turn to OTT. How do they, so if they're, so, okay, they want to be there and with cable vision, they probably buy the programming. I want to be, uh, or Comcast or whoever Cox, whoever your cable provider is. I want to be on the local news. I want to be on, uh, you know, Monday night football and I want to be on, you know, whatever HGTV in USA. And then they want to go and turn that into, okay, I'm going to do the same thing, but I want to do it on OTT. Can they buy it? The same way, are they buying the programming or should they be thinking about it more as a specific audience, are buying the audience? Well, that, that's a good question. And there's really two answers there. And the answer is yes to both of them. Um, so the first part, can they buy that similar programming? Yes. Um, there are networks out there and there are specific, you know, networks that 
um, have made agreements with all of these uh, networks, um, just like we have at Silverback for, for our platform, um, where you can go and you can buy the sporting events. You know, you can buy NBA games or March Madness, you know, that's coming up. And you can be on those programming when people are watching it streaming to complement, you know, the people that are watching it uh, on their traditional, you know, TVs and cable boxes. <clears throat> so you can you can definitely do that. Um, but one of the big advantages, you know, to connected TV is that it's not just broad scale um, with little targeting. It's a smaller scale with very precise one-to-one -one targeting. Um, and with the ability to use the first and third party data, um, an advertiser can really segment the audience down to the person that is shopping for their product or the person that they want to you know, put their, their advertisements in front of um, and put that audience first and put the programming second. Right. So on traditionally, you know, when you're buying a TV network or when you're buying cable, you know, yes, um, now they have gotten a lot more addressable and you can really look at specific audiences that are more prone to watch HGTV <clears throat> or specific audiences that are more prone to watch ESPN. And if that audience demographic fits my product, um, then that's a, a channel or a programming that I want to be on. But on the connected TV side, you can really drill into that audience a lot more um, and, and get a lot more granular to people that are all the way down to, in the automotive example, for people that are specifically shopping right now, you know, for your product. Um, they've been on websites, you know, related to your product. Um, they maybe have been on your website, you know, looking at your product. And you can find those folks and you can advertise, you know, very specific messages to them, which... Um, also allows you to segment those audiences and give them different messages. Um, you know, an audience in automotive that is coming out of their auto loan in the next three months, um, you can target those households with one message, while people who are further out um, or maybe people who are shopping for a used car instead of a new car, you can target them with a different message. So you can really segment the messaging and be a lot more precise um, with the targeting that you're doing on connected TV and put that audience first and then let the audience dictate the programming that it's served on. So if the provider that you're using for your OTT buy, um, they should be connected with all of the major networks, with all of the major programming. Um, you really want premium programming, programming that requires the user to sign in um, programming that's not user-generated content would be not necessarily considered premium. Um, we're talking about more the time-shifted shows from cable, the network shows, uh, and stuff of that nature, and original production shows. Um, think of Handmaid's Tale on Hulu, for example, as, a, as an original production show, and that's a device that somebody has to sign in on before they can, you know, watch their original content. So, the, you, you let the user dictate where they're watching it, and then you follow them with those ads and those impressions to where they're watching it. That tends to be a growing strategy that we're seeing clients do more and more of because of the targeting that's available. Of course, you know, goals of the client always come into play because if your goal is I'm an unknown in the market and I need that broad scale awareness of just who I am, then that micro-targeting might not necessarily be for you, and you really want to focus on the more broad targeting of being in live sporting events or, you know, on news programming and stuff of that nature. 
Do you need a sip of water? I could riff on something while you have a sip of water. <clears throat> I, I do. I do. I'm talking too much. <laughs> you have a sip of water. I'll talk about how cold my ankles are. I got a good cold ankle story, right? It's, I'm in New England here. It's cold. So I got my flannel jeans on because I had to go outside and do a little uh, shoveling the other day. And But I had no clean, like, long socks. All I had clean was, like, uh, summer ankle socks. So I'm out there, and I'm, I'm nice and warm. I got my winter coat on and my gloves and my Patriots hat and my flannel jeans. And then I have these ankle socks on, and my ankles were freezing. And it was like a slushy snow. It's all wet, and so I'm getting all – ankles are getting all cold and wet and – a lot of problems when you live up here in New England, you know? That's the kind of stuff that happens. Did I kill enough time there? You did. You did. All right, good. Good, good stall. You, uh, you must be experienced at this. <laughs> I'm a professional. Um, talking about, you know, that's interesting. You were just talking about, um, you know, if you're not necessarily as a dealer, uh, you know, if you need to get the word out there and you're looking for more of a broad message or a branding type strategy, you, you know, you could theoretically buy the programming specifically on OTT, like if, cause you don't need the low funnel targeting because sometimes dealers will say like, you know, like I know just from my experience in buying TV in my last group, I'd be like, you know, we were buying the programming. Okay. Well, we want to be on uh, you know, March Madness, and we had a package for the Mets and the Yankees and the Knicks and the Rangers. We want to be on all this programming, free, you know, with frequency and everything. And then, you know, your a dealer's um, habit might be to get on OTT and do the same thing. But if you're looking for low funnel people or people who are who are in the market right now, didn't theoretically, you know, it doesn't really matter what they're watching. If it's the person and they are watching, you know, Hallmark movies at one o'clock in the morning. Who really cares if that's the person who's in the market for your product? It, that's kind of it, it kind of can make it irrelevant in that in that way. That's really that's really the idea, you know, reaching that target audience, um, however and, and whenever they're using you know the the media, and that re- also includes you know, I didn't mention it yet, but that also includes across you know multiple devices, right? Because not everybody is sitting in front of their fifty-five inch TV. Uh, their smart TV and watching their content. Uh, so a lot of times it's being done on mobile phones. Uh, a lot of times it's being done on tablets um, and, and desktops. You know, I mean, people need something to do at, at work, right? So they, they turn on the desktop and, and watch a little content at work or on their smartphone, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, no. So we want to be able to reach them across those devices, you know, and being able, you know, through the connected TV and with, you know, an OTV, OTT buy, you can do that. You can reach them across all of those devices um, and with some additional benefits of things like frequency capping and knowing, you know, when you serve the ad to the person and what kind of, you know, attribution they've done, you know, afterwards. Um, so the reporting that goes along with it, um, a lot more detailed and intense, you know, versus, you know, your old school cable buy or traditional TV buy. Uh, I saw an article uh, a week or two ago, and I'm sure you saw the same thing. I think I saw it on LinkedIn, uh, that General Motors is shifting a good portion of dollars over to OTT. And I believe the article said that they're moving, the dollars they're moving are coming from, I guess we'll say traditional TV. But with that in mind, how should dealers look at a budget for OTT? Should they be using some of their TV money? Should they be adding on to what they're spending? Like, you know, I know dealers think a lot about like, well, what can I, what am I replacing with this? Uh, What's the best way you think to look at that from a marketing budget standpoint? 
I think there's a couple of ways to look at it. The first way to look at it is definitely from their priorities. Um, you know, what is what is the goal that they're trying to achieve? Um, you know, are they trying to achieve, you know, brand awareness? Um, are they in a remote location and they're trying to bring people to them? Um, are they in a market where media is very expensive, right? Um, you know, let's say, you know, a Dallas, you know, or a Los Angeles, you know, where you're a, a top five, you know, expensive market. Um, or are they in a rural market where traditional media is, you know, pretty inexpensive, you know, to get, you know, really good reach and, and frequency. So a lot of a lot of factors kind of go into the discussion that eventually leads to, you know, what you said, where do I put that money um, or where do I take money from? We're seeing we are seeing money come from, you know, the traditional side. Um, we're seeing a lot of money. Um, being taken from terrestrial radio um, into connected TV. Um, if you have the ability to deliver a video and audio message to a very precise audience versus, say, a, a terrestrial radio, especially within in think of major metro markets, you know, you're you're not necessarily you know selling your cars to all of Atlanta. Um, you're not selling your cars to all of New York, you know, so or New York City. So why spend the dollars to reach all those people if that's not truly your audience, you know, and you can actually, you know, reduce your spend, you know, and give your audience a video and audio message that's more compelling and more precise. So that's one area that's that's probably a big area that we're seeing uh, money move from in the industry is coming from terrestrial radio, a little bit from the television and the cable buys. Um, but also complement to complement those cable buys, not necessarily seeing those going away, um, especially for brand awareness. You know, you can still get good reach, um, as I said, if the market is not uh, outpricing, you know, what you can afford on your budget. You can get good frequency and reach and complement that with the connected TV um, and the precise targeting to go with a more lower funnel uh, message to those folks. We're also seeing uh, some money move from digital, um, at least, you know, in, in some cases, and, and in our case, um, speaking, you know, on the side of Silverback, you know, our connected TV platform has the ability to deliver other vehicles and, and tactics within it, for example, you know, display and retargeting and pre-roll. And so we're seeing some money move from, you know, display campaigns, for example, because instead of having an isolated display campaign that operates in its own silo, we can pull those funds into the connected TV platform and deliver across all their devices and then retarget people after they've seen the ads, you know, with those display ads. And we know that it's the same audience. Um, so we're really focused on trying to build one big audience that all the media can deliver to as opposed to having a bunch of individual tactics out there where, you know, your audience is defined, this audience is defined by Google and this audio is defined, audience is defined by a streaming radio service and this audience is defined by someone else. And you don't really know, you know, that you're reaching the same households or how many times you're reaching those households. So by putting these products together uh, with the connected TV, we can see true reach, true frequency, you can make sure that you're capping, you know, that frequency, you know, where it needs to be for optimal efficiency. So Silverback Advertising's OTT solution is called Data Fusion, which you, you're just talking about there. What? So obviously, there's lots of different ways a dealer can uh, find someone that can 
uh, work with them for OTT? What makes now, obviously, I know the answer to this, but I'm asking you to because you're the professional to talk to the people listening. What makes Data Fusion different from the other OTT options available to dealers that are out there on the market? Yeah, and there are a lot of options on the, out there on the market. And, of course, all of the traditional TV uh, places that we've talked about, your Sinclairs, your, your Coxes, uh, of the world, your Comcast of the world, your Spectrums of the world, um, they have all either partnered with somebody who can provide OTT and they label it as their own product um, or they come out with their own product. Um, and one of the deficiencies that before we developed, you know, Data Fusion and, and as we started developing Data Fusion over a year and a half ago, um, we really looked at what we saw was the inefficiencies of those in the marketplace. And one of those was they still focused a lot on the data provided by their set-top boxes or by you know their subscribers. And we wanted to really be able to reach anybody and everybody beyond just you know the data um, that's in that uh, that's in that provider service area. So we started building data fusion um, to deliver connected TV. Um, and we found a really efficient way to leverage hundreds of, you know, third-party um, data sources um, to get the same data that they have in-house um, and oftentimes, you know, sell um, to third parties. We're able to use that data to target the same exact households plus, you know, households that are outside of their service area. Um, but one of the couple of the biggest things that make it a lot more unique than the other products uh, that dealers will find on the market is, we didn't stop at just connected TV. Um, we really are looking at connecting all of the media sources. So we developed a proprietary program that brings different media sources together so that we can deliver multiple types of media all under one platform across all devices and really know the delivery of that and what's happening after the delivery. So for example, when you go to uh, another party and you make an OTT buy, you are making an OTT buy and you're getting a set number of impressions for that buy to a set num to a set audience um, that they're targeting. And that campaign runs by agnostic by itself in a silo. And then you also have your search campaigns, um, the you know paid search, um, very important part of the of the media puzzle for car dealers and everyone's going to be doing it, and that runs in its own silo. And then they're probably going to have a retargeting campaign, and that's going to run in its own silo and target the people who are going to, uh, coming from the website with display ads. And then you might have a, a pre-roll campaign that's uh, separate from your connected TV buy. Um, and all of these things are operating in, in separate silos, like I said, with separate audiences. So the real advantage comes when we can start to bring data together and use it all under one umbrella. And so that's what we focused on with, uh, with our product, and that's what it does. It brings all those things together so that under one campaign, we're making a connected TV buy to a certain audience with all of these parameters um, so that we deliver to the right households at the right time. But we can also see the data from search and know who's searching for those specific keywords that we want to follow and then add those audiences to the TV delivery. We can use first-party data, um, which really don't see a, a lot of out in the marketplace right now, and using that first-party data to retarget um, with both the OTT 
the pre-roll and the display. So it's not just a, a static, you know, vehicle inventory listing display ad out there, but it's this whole array of advertising that the user sees. Um, bringing in streaming audio so that if that household that we're targeting um, is jogging on the treadmill and listening to their favorite music, all of a sudden they're hearing the ad for the client. When they're sitting down in their living room and watching you know, some over-the-top content, they're seeing the ad for the client. Once they are online on their desktop or their mobile device and they're reading through the news, they're seeing that ad via pre-roll or display for their client. And all of that is operating in one campaign so we know that it's targeting the same audience. You know how many times it's been delivered to that audience. And then the other piece that makes it really different is the attribution afterwards. Um, as a traditional and digital agency, we really got tired of just seeing you know, results that were nothing more than, hey, here's the number of impressions you delivered, here's when we delivered those impressions, and here's the networks that those impressions ran on. And so we started building out a, a complex system that allows us to see truly, you know, what people are doing after they've viewed the content, you know, who went to the website after viewing the ad on their 60-inch TV, and what did they do on the website? Um, did they take any key action on the website? Um, we've even integrated the ability to follow their devices to a physical business location. So after serving that video ad, and the consumer seeing it, you know, how long did it take them to physically show up, you know, in your showroom and did they show up in your showroom? So a lot of deep attribution, you know, with our product to go along with the targeting and the multi-function approach um, that we've built into Data Fusion to be more than just, you know, an, an OTT delivery and uh, just another silo out there. I think they call those vanity metrics, right? Like, <clears throat> I remember... When I was the marketing director of my last group, I would be, you know, sitting at my desk and my cable provider would come in and say, hey, here's here's the statistics from here's the analytics from your campaign. And here's the impressions you got. And here's the views and the view through rate. And uh, it all looks pretty good. And I'd be like, OK, I mean, like, it looks pretty good. And I spent, you know, whatever, five thousand dollars. And here's my impressions and my and my clicks and my view through rate. But did it actually do anything for me? And, and that question has not been able to been answered because the, that day, they don't have that data. There's, it's just vanity metrics. Okay, great. You delivered what you say you were going to deliver. Uh, you know, it'll be on my next bill. But what did it get me? What, you know, what, what was the next thing the person did? And to have that information to be able to show it to clients is huge. Yeah, and you know, as technology keeps evolving, for better or for worse, that's the real question that is just going to continue to be asked. You know, what what did it get me? Um, show me, you know, what I got out of this. And so, as marketers, as advertisers, that's what we're constantly striving to to produce. Um, and any way that uh, that we can go beyond, you know, the vanity metrics and and really produce. You know, hey, this is the number of people that reached out and contacted you. You know, here's people that physically visited your location. Um, you know, you see Google going in that direction with store visits, which they've spent, you know, years in beta testing and now is, is really prevalent, you know, in their reporting. Um, so anybody in advertising, um, whether you're the big behemoth at Google or an individual advertising agency, um, we all know that, that that's the client. The, question that clients want answered you know what what did it do for me and 
And as the technology keeps changing and keeps evolving, that, that question is not going to go away. It's just going to become more pronounced. Now, obviously, we're in the automotive marketing space and Silverback Advertising is an automotive marketing company. But this concept uh, and the, the targeting and the data can really be applied across any type of business, any, type, any vertical, really. Oh, definitely. Definitely. And, you know, all the time I, I hear and, and I see businesses um, that I think, man, this, you know, they, they could really benefit from a, a quick little lesson in what OTT, you know, can provide them. Um, the other day I'm, I'm in a city in Texas and I'm listening to the radio and there's a fitness gym, you know, that is advertising on, on terrestrial radio. And I looked them up and they have one location um, on the north end of town. And I'm thinking to myself, boy, they just made a media buy and yeah. spent all this money in an expensive market um, to advertise to a lot of people who are really never you know, going to come and, and utilize their service. Um, could be a lot more efficient, you know, with their, their marketing, you know, if, uh, as businesses start to look at, you know, these micro audiences, um, and that can be provided by connected TV, you know, the more precise that they can target, um, it does create a smaller audience, but you're also reducing that budget, um, and getting a better result, you know, from your marketing. How targeted, uh, what are some of the more unique types of targeting that's available? Obviously, I'm sure you can target, you know, uh, zip codes and, you know, age groups and household income. But what are some other targeting um, uh, targeting specifics that are available out there? You just mentioned or, or just the, the tip of the iceberg. Um, it's kind of like the analogy with icebergs, uh, 10% above the water and about 90% below the water. So there, there's a lot more tactics um, and ways to, to target. Some of the more popular ones that, you know, that we're seeing in, in whether it be automotive space or some other spaces is um, in automotive when loans are expiring, um, utilizing third-party data from the credit bureaus to know when people are leases and loans are due up um, to target them, um, using first-party data. Um, and that, that would be a client's own CRM, you know, database, right, to target them with uh, specific retention messages and, and service messages. Um, that's, that's very popular, and that's a great way to stay in front of people after the sale. Um, do it at a low frequency, you know, put a, put a low frequency cap in there so you're not annoying people, but that you are telling them about the great service offers and, you know, consistently to come back for those oil changes and come back for the, those regular maintenance. Um, beyond the, the demographics, you know, you mentioned zip codes, but we oftentimes go down to the specific household level. So beyond zip codes, you know, taking whatever targeting that your goal that you're going after and making it, you know, down to the household level. Um, used cars um, versus new cars, um, conquesting. Um, you can go down to the brand level, um, and in some cases, you can even go down to the model level. Um, you know, if I'm looking to target in-market shoppers for Ford F-150s, you know, uh, so you can get that precise um, with the targeting if you want to. You can also, you know, like I said, go to look at used um, parts, accessories, um, a lot of creative ways that uh, that dealers are utilizing the third-party information that's available. Of course, you know, Hispanic um, is, is very big and a great in the advertising space in certain areas, and that's a great way to reach, 
you know, a precise audience with a precise message, um, you know, to layer in Hispanic, you know, in market for, you know, Honda. Um, so you can you can really stack the uh, the content that you want. And then you can take that, uh, you know, audience down as small and as granular uh, as you're trying to reach. So how can people listening learn more about OTT and specifically about Data Fusion? Oh, the plug part of this. I love yep, that. Time to plug. <laughs> uh, well, the, the best way for them to do it is to contact Silverback Advertising. And uh, I'm sure you can give the, the audience the information on where to do that. But uh, silverbackadvertising.com is a great place to start. And uh, or with a simple uh, phone call to, uh, to one of our offices, we can uh, start to fill folks in on what we do, how we do it. And uh, really, honestly, the, one of the first things we like to do when talking to folks, uh, as you know, Matt, is uh, really find out about their business and uh, what their business needs are. Um, so, you know, we can tell you all about Data Fusion and we can tell you all about the other services that, uh, that Silverback Advertising is able to, to provide at a, at a better level than our competitors. But uh, until we know what it is you're trying to accomplish, um, that, that's really where the rubber meets the road, and we can put together uh, an action plan that best benefits your marketing budget and your marketing outcomes. Talking with Shane Stender, Managing Director at Silverback Advertising. Uh, one of the things that um, I've noticed, and I'm sure this happens to you too, is we're in the automotive marketing space. So we're on uh, a dealer's websites constantly, right? I'm on dealer's websites all the time, both my clients and prospects and friends who ask me, look at my website. Like we're on websites all the time. Do you find that the only types of advertisements you get, whether you're listening to Pandora or you're watching uh, OTT or you're looking at the weather.com app on your phone is the only kind of advertising you get automotive because all I get anywhere ever are car ads. It's crazy. Yeah. And a lot of times, you know, those ads are, are following you around for sometimes, you know, months at a time, right? Yeah. Um, yes. af- even even maybe after you've purchased a product and, and you'll still continue to see ads. Um, and one of the things that, that causes that is, you know, refreshing the data. Um, you know, a lot of, including Google, you know, will sometimes, you know, not refresh data for 45 to 90 days. So someone can have an in-market status, purchase a product, and you're still going to be, you know, receiving those those litany of ads. Um, one of the things in Data Fusion that we've accomplished um, with our OTT is if we don't, because we're following all those actions I talked about earlier, um, if we don't see actions taking place, then you take that household out of the advertising loop. Pull them aside for whatever reason they're not willing to in, engage with the product and engage with the brand. So let's stop serving them, you know, ads. Um, and let's move on to the next household that we think uh, meets the criteria and, and will take action. Before we let you go, uh, let's talk about arguably one of the largest news stories out there right now, and that is where will Tom Brady end up? You and I have this discussion sometimes on the phone, and I'm wondering what it's like. You're on the West Coast. I'm on the East Coast, right? So I'm in Connecticut. We border Massachusetts. I'm in a big Giants-Jets part of Connecticut, actually, because I'm very much closer to New York than Boston, but Tom Brady news dominates uh, the news around here. Uh, not only because ge- geographically where I'm located, but also because I'm a Patriots fan. So you know, I subscribe to Patriots alerts on Bleacher Report and you know any other you know sports website or app on my phone. Is Tom Brady mania as big 
on the, in the northwest part of the country as it is here on the east coast. I, I almost feel like I'm missing out a little bit because it's <laughs> definitely it's definitely not as intense on the west coast of a conversation point as it is on the east coast. So I I, I feel like I'm missing out a little bit. I'm, I'm missing out on uh, on some historical you know event that that's going on that is the that is the uh, the occasional news story here. Um, although, you know, if you do turn on any major news source, uh, you know, like uh, uh, ESPN or something of that nature, it, it is a dominating story. Um, I, I think it's fabulous, and maybe I, I tend to look at it more from a marketing perspective, but uh, as, as I'm not a Patriots fan, I'll just say, say that as well. Um, <laughs> but uh, what he's able to accomplish uh, from advertising himself, I mean, the, the sheer fact that he can post um, with no description and immediately have, you know, thousands of news tweets uh, being sent out. You know, it's a main yeah. story on, you know, ESPN um, and how much free advertising that uh, the guy is able to get out of doing really obscure, you know, nothing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I think is amazing. Um, so, I mean, kudos to him for, for being able to get, you know, this much um, news and attention for himself out of uh, out of what will be a, a big decision uh, that uh, has all Patriots fans kind of on edge. Um, you know, at at the end of the day, I'm kind of thinking that he stays. Me too. So, you know, it's funny like that. But, it, I, but I, I definitely don't have all the insights uh, that that you do on the East Coast. Uh, well, the problem is, is the insights that I have come from these BS articles that I'm reading from these sports reporters who don't really have any insight anyway, but they're just trying to pass it off as, you know, like these guys write all these articles, right? And you know that they're just trying to be the one that's right. So when he does decide and it is announced, they can go, hey, remember three weeks ago? I said he was going to do this and I was right. So they throw all these crazy theories at the wall and one of them is going to stick and that's, that's going to be the guy who says, hey, I was the genius. I was right about the Brady sweepstakes here. But you're right about right, the adver- right. you're right about the advertising though. Like he posted that photo on Instagram uh, of him like standing in the tunnel, like a silhouette at Gillette Stadium, and the debate raged on for like three. This is before the Hulu commercial came out. Turns out the photo was part of the commercial. But you know, three or four days of debate was he was the video of him entering the stadium through the tunnel or exiting the stadium through the tunnel and the articles like, well, his knee was bent this way. So he was exiting, which means he's going to leave. I mean, Shane, it was ridiculous. The, the analysis that was going into it and the New York post and the Boston globe and, and you know, the news times, the local paper in my area, the analysis was out of control. It's like, uh, it's, it's unbelievable. Well, the, the Northeast market has, uh, has always been a strong football market and whether it's, you know the Jets, the Giants, or or, or the Patriots. There, there's always a, a news story that's that's going to dominate. And right now, you have got the ultimate of news stories uh, in football with the Brady situation. There, I keep saying to myself, I'm going to ignore it, but I'm eating it up. And like the push notifications come through, and I'm like, ah, it's another story. But then what do I do the next day? I'm googling Tom Brady news so I can see what's going on. So they've got me suckered in. And you're right. Brady and his team and whatever they got going on there are doing an excellent job. I mean, if he comments on somebody else's Instagram post, they write news stories about that comment. I've never seen that before. That's insane. It it is definitely an amazing thing to see entire news stories um, be derived from a tweet, a photo, or or a comment made, right? Yeah. 
definitely a, a new generation of news and sports is uh sports is no exception. I think it's going to be funny too when it's all this uh all this people making predictions and the whole thing and the articles and speculation and then he's just going to resign with the Patriots is what I think is going to happen anyway. But who knows? What do you know? No one knows. Right? I'm, I'm sure if that hap- I'm sure if that happens, even the re-signing will be a, a major yeah, event. I, I'm sure. picturing um, cannons going off at the stadium. Oh, yeah. You know, fireworks. Um, they they might even you know sell tickets and just have everyone you know come to watch him sign in the middle of the 50 yard line or yeah, something. Yeah, something. You never know. Well, listen, Shane, I appreciate your time and the education on OTT and CTV and Silverbacks Data Fusion, uh, DFM Data Fusion Marketing, right? Uh, do we call it? We should call it DFM more internally, so we could just add another, another add another acronym to our lives. You know, I think we need one. I think we need <laughs> one. All right, thanks, Shane. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for your time. Right, you got it. Talk to you soon. There you go, Shane Stender, Silverback Advertising Managing Director. Good information. OTT, CTV, Data Fusion. You should look into it for sure. Go to Silverback Advertising. Dot com. Talk to your tier two marketing people, your doms about OTT. Call Silverback, learn more, and uh, find out how uh, OTT can work for you. And I'm going to go Google Tom Brady and see what the latest is. Mostly Automotive Marketing with Matt Wilson. Uh, automotive Marketing Podcast bi-weekly-ish. Thank you for listening. Mostly Automotive Marketing with Matt Wilson is brought to you by... Wait, this guy has sponsors? Oh, never mind. This sheet of paper's blank. No sponsors. That makes more sense. For updates, info, future episodes, and more, follow on Twitter, subscribe on YouTube, like on Facebook, and connect on Frackle. You guys made that last one up. That's not even a thing, Frackle. Come on.